1: I'd be glad to, Greg. Your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so um, you know, this week I was I found myself watching a lot of YouTube, and I will tell you what I have never seen such a pile on of. Comments and just other videos reacting to this guy who ditched his plane uh, and and said, you know, he had an engine failure and he flew his little, uh, I don't know, experimental aircraft into the side of a mountain. And you know, he filmed the whole thing. It was a big uh, to do. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. That hey, this doesn't look quite right. But my God, I can't believe the amount of videos it has spawned on YouTube alone. Uh, from other aviation enthusiasts, shows, podcasts, whatever you want to call it, that have just uh, said, this guy is full of crap and is going to jail. And
2: I can't wait for it to happen because the YouTube views on him getting called up and doing a perp walk are going to be fantastic. But whatever you do, if anybody hasn't already seen the video, please don't watch it because the last thing we need to do is give him even more views. If you want to watch anything about that video, go look at any of the other videos that people are doing that are critiquing it and finding, oh, hey, look, you can see where he's got the fire extinguisher stashed on his leg. Or, hey, yeah. we see where your water bottle is. And, right. hey, we looked at some of your other videos and you don't always fly with a parachute because, well, you can't open the doors on most airplanes. It's uncomfortable. Mm. Everything he said was such a bunch of bunk. Uh, I can't cannot believe it and i'm just surprised it's taken this long for even the faa to investigate him and uh sanction him in some fashion
1: well we all know how fast the faa likes to move <laughs> or let, let alone the ntsb or what other uh, you know other agencies are involved when it comes from uh, him getting in trouble but i have a feeling it's coming but um you know d- despite how you feel about the guy i mean it, it just uh It's interesting, all the uh, cyber sleuths that are debunking his whole, you know, presentation, you know, from the get go, like, you know, first of all, I mean, we can't not say his name. I mean, you know. Uh, well, we could. Well, yeah, but I mean, you go find the videos. It, there's it's probably Trevor more debunking. Jacob. There's the yeah. What, what it was again, Trevor? What Tre- Trevor? Trevor Jacob. Yeah, I mean, there's probably more debunking videos about his flight than his original anyway. At this point, so you're probably going to find one of those uh, first. So you know
2: and i encourage you to go check out just plain silly's reaction video because it's hilarious i mean he he claims that he got sucked out of the airplane and kind of spun it it it's it's really good yeah but you know you're right i saw another video was just released this week that somebody found additional footage of the airplane prior to his purchasing of the airplane and realized that some- they did an engine swap on it it originally yeah. had a Lycoming. It crashed with a Continental. Uh, makes you start to wonder: Did he pull a good engine off and put a you know a junky runout engine on, so that he could you know increase his salvage value by selling off some of the parts? And right. How did he suddenly ama- arrange for a helicopter to go pull this thing out of the woods and get it in two days before the, anybody could come investigate it? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the internet sleuths actually figured out what company was hired and, and saw the flight path of the helicopter that went and retrieved it. Yeah, it's it's it really has put the internet on high alert here.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and you know, look, we don't know what the truth is at this point, but it's just not adding up. And, well, my BS
2: meter's pegged. Uh, exactly.
1: As as most most aviation uh, enthusiast, you know, podcasts and video sluice or whatever you want to call them out there uh, have thro- you know thrown this around like crazy and it's you know, it's interesting. Like I said, the engine thing is one thing. The whole uh, fire extinguisher is taped to his leg. What the hell is that all about?
2: If it crashed into the woods, it could likely start a fire and he'd have an even bigger problem on his hand uh with dealing with a forest fire that he caused so right
1: but have you, you know, probably i've never even heard of a pilot doing that before have you no yeah that, that's the nuttiest thing <laughs> it was like what the heck i mean there are so many things from the video from what how he presented it that just don't add up well and let's look and, at
2: the biggest yeah. clue which is he jumped out holding a selfie stick the entire time right. is that your priority when your airplane has had an engine failure over rough territory but you're going to make sure you got the selfie stick perfectly centered on you the mm-hmm. whole time
1: yeah yeah uh, uh, the whole goal was to get this viral video which he achieved that part i mean yeah, well, i mean uh, i'll give him that much at least but i but just it, hope that it was YouTube- a stunt it looks like yeah,
2: yeah. I'm hoping YouTube demonetizes that whole video so that he doesn't generate any revenue or nobody gets any revenue off of that. Because honestly, this would set a very bad precedent. There's already enough people doing stupid things on TikTok and Mm -hmm. YouTube for views. I mean, how many guys are out there jumping their trucks and busting them in half just to get people to watch? I mean, this is a waste. There's better things to do with our time than this. Right.
1: But there's always going to be those folks out there doing just that. So, I mean, you know, he had a mission. Whether or not he uh, totally staged this and it was a total stunt, you know, that's one thing. That's what it uh, uh, appears to be, at least when you look at it closely from an aviation standpoint. But beyond that, you know, when you see all the people that have raised a stink about this, I mean, mean, they're calling them out. And we're kind of, you know, uh, I mean... He, he probably did this with the idea this will be great for numbers but didn't have any idea what kind of uh, mess he was getting himself into from a legal standpoint. You think that's a, a fair assumption I, at this point? I
2: think it's a very fair assumption yeah. because I mean he tried to make it all look like it's legit and uh but it just too many variables, too many questions out there. I mean, the fact that he cleaned up the, the accident and, you know, was this something that need to be reported to the NTSB? Was it an accident? Was it an incident? Was it a failure? I mean, there's just so many questions out there and it's, yeah, I'm just glad that the internet has really stepped up this on this from day one and went. You know what? <laughs> I, I just I see uh, the BS flag is up way high here, and mm-hmm. we need to look into this. I mean, people were following all over, like FlightAware, looking to see, and there was a pattern of him flying or an airplane flying over that same area. They were comparing the footage, and it looked like it was possible that some of the in cockpit footage was shot days prior. Um, and not part of the incident. So it was all edited together to make a more uh, convincing video. So, right.
1: Yeah. <sighs> so l- let's assume. And once again, we can't say for certain that this was a totally staged stunt. That's what that's just what's being alleged at this point. If he does get exposed by the FAA or NTSB that uh, this was a total bogus thing, what should happen to him? Or do we do we even know what the legal ramifications of something like that?
2: Well, I would like it to is. see the FAA do, you know, not just a certificate revocation, um, you know, and suspend them for 30 days. I'd like to see him pull his tickets and make him go back and retest. I mean, this guy was endangering persons and property on the surface, operating recklessly. Those are the two easy ones. The FAA goes over, you know, goes after someone for almost any incident. Yeah. but. You but know, it was down in the was, middle of
1: nowhere. I mean, couldn't you defend that fairly easily? I, I think it need to be something a little bit more serious than that.
2: Could there have been a hiker underneath there? Could he have well, uh, killed an endangered uh, spotted owl or something? Right. You know, there's some the environmentalists kind of, will be all over this. Mm-hmm. True. There's
1: some kind of Think of, of the bird. trees
2: he could have hurt.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, there. there's definitely that. But I'm just thinking from a – I mean, could you have your pilot certificate pulled like – more than 30 days for something yes. like that, surely, couldn't it?
2: it? It happened recently to an aviation writer, um, This uh, this person that writes for one of the magazines, took her cessna 180 and flew it under a bridge in cincinnati right
1: but she had been accused of doing that several times in the past right as well so but they the finally FAA had
2: enough. said yeah. it was willful ignorance of the law you knew better you should have known better you were a former faa official yourself and you used to prosecute people for this but you knew better you did it anyway you need to go take a timeout for a year and then come back and we'll retest you.
1: Well we'll have to see what happens to Trevor coming up here. More coming up on just plain radio. stay close.
0: Just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and Flight Training Professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407 896 0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to FTpros.com. That's FTPros.
0: you are now clear for takeoff with just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle i was flying i was of course i was flying i'm leaving
1: This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, your co-pilot, Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information and uh, sharing our thoughts on some YouTube videos and and maybe even a personal story or two. An antidote, so to speak, like uh, Captain Dennis, you know, we flew down to Key West a few weeks ago in his Mooney 201, and uh, then you uh, replicated that flight. uh, Not quite as far because you flew straight down there from Fort Myers as, as opposed to swinging up to orlando to pick me up this past weekend is that the case
2: that's right i've got uh, family in town uh, my parents decided to escape the uh, the cold of uh, minnesota and came down to visit us uh, here in fort myers for the next week or so and uh my dad has always wanted to go to key west and so on their drive down they they took the long way and actually drove all the way up to key west to go see the sites what they didn't realize, and you and I knew, was that there's uh, not a lot of parking out in Key West. It's very busy, very touristy, and very difficult to get around. Right. So unless you know somebody, um, you know, you're better off finding a different way to get there and you know, try to take an Uber or whatever. And so my parents were kind of disappointed. They didn't really get to see a lot of Key West. They didn't get to really enjoy it. And hmm. I told my dad when he got to our house, uh, I said, you know, I think we can fix that. And so uh, I loaded him and my mother up in the uh, Mooney and took them. Actually, it's their first flight ever in this airplane. And I've owned it for, what, four years? Right. It's the first time I've been able to get them to uh, you know, go for a plane ride. And we hopped in. 45 minutes later, we got out at Signature in Key West International and grabbed an Uber, went downtown, and headed for Sloppy Joe's on Duval Street. and Had a great time. I didn't that? drink.
1: You didn't drink, but they did. I was they tempted. Made up I didn't see
2: the rum runner on tap and went, God, that looks really delicious.
1: Yeah, they have those uh, down yeah. there. Uh, did you uh, hit uh, Papa Pilar's rum distillery again?
2: I did, actually. Uh, uh, I, I convinced my dad to end. buy some rum before he even went down there. But I said, hey, we're here. Let's go take the tour. And get. You know, you'll know, you at least understand the history of Hemingway and the rum and the whole thing. And Your free so samples. The same, the right. free samples. Mm-hmm. He got the same story from the same guy that uh, that did this uh, the presentation and, and uh rum tasting with the uh, CJ and you and I. Right. So yeah, yeah, it was a it was great fun. So uh, they, they definitely they, they picked made up, up a for couple. It.
1: Yeah, they picked up a couple bottles though to bring back or no.
2: Uh, we'd already bought it in uh, Fort Myers because oh, I wasn't okay. sure we were going to make it down there. So I wanted to make sure he had some good rum to take home right. uh, and at least remember the trip. But it was it was a fantastic time. You know, 45-minute flight down, about the same time coming back and just, you know, clear, beautiful day. It couldn't have been better. There you uh, go. And well, it's just, it really showcased how flexible general aviation can be because you can just, at a drop of a hat, hey, it's noon on Sunday. Let's go down to Key West.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as far as uh, flying straight from Fort Myers as opposed to coming back up here to uh, Orlando, which is what you did with me and CJ a, a couple of weeks ago, you—I uh, mean—that flight is what forty-five minutes, maybe from forty-five Fort minutes from
2: my garage door to Signature's ramp.
1: Nice. And, and did they help you with the Uber, or did you just do that all on your own? Because they're pretty—they're pretty, they're pretty uh, friendly down there at that uh, airport, weren't they?
2: Yeah, they, they are terrific down there. Um, mm-hmm. I only had to buy 10 gallons of gas to get the ramp fee waived, and, you know, the gas was not, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it right. also wasn't as bad as it could be. I mean, I think it was less than Orlando Executive.
1: Well, what is a landing fee down there if you weren't uh, going to buy gas? Do you remember? If you're just going to
2: go down there, no gas, it's $35 handling charge Got it. to use Signature's facility, mm-hmm. which yeah. is it reasonable? Eh, you know, there's not a lot of choice, and there's not a lot of room down there. Like, well, real estate's in. You know, pretty uh, pretty hard to get in Key West, so I guess it's fair.
1: Well, and, and like you said, if you pick up ten gallons of gas, you can look at it that way. It depends on you know your financial situation with your aircraft and that kind of thing. But you just get there, there, and you're you actually you're not real far from uh, Sloppy Joe, so the Uber probably didn't cost more than ten bucks. I bet did it?
2: It was a little more than that, but it's yeah. about uh, about three miles from Key West Airport to Duval Street,
1: right. I mean, did so, did they even offer any kind of shuttle service uh, there at Signature, or did you? They even ask didn't.
2: Them? Yeah, no. I asked if they had a courtesy card just out of uh, just on an off chance that there was, but no, they don't have anything right. like that. But Uber was so easy. I literally hit the app as soon as I walked inside the door, and by the time I'd given uh, Signature my credit card to you know hold the you know the payment for the gas that we bought, mm-hmm. uh, the guy was already waiting out front, uh, nice. and they did kind of help us with the Uber because I forgot we're in Florida. We don't require masks, but Uber does. And I didn't have a mask. Oh Well, they had, they had a box of them. So they handed us some nice new disposable masks so we could go on our Uber. And so thank you you signature. You covered my back on that one. I appreciate it.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they seemed very uh, accommodating when we were down there. I mean, it's nothing special, but it's nice, nice enough. And you want to get from the airport down to the, you know, down to Duval Street as quick as you can to experience the festivities of Key West. And, and, you know, it's quick, convenient. And like you said, if you're doing an Uber or that type of thing, it's actually way better because the parking is just terrible down there. Exactly. So even if you did have a car, I mean, courtesy car would put you just in the same jam. Uh, Pretty much because it's really tough to find a parking spot sometimes uh, down there in Key West because there's so many tourists down there right now. But you went down there straight to Duval Street, saw, you know, did the Sloppy Joe's thing, uh, you know, and then you went to Papa Pilar's Rum Distillery. And and Divers uh, Direct across the street. Okay, got some scuba gear in there. Yeah, it's (laughs) all right there together. Yeah. Well,
2: one of the things my mother was looking for is a travel mug for coffee. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't find any at all the gift shops and whatnot. What? Uh, she hadn't found anything. Right. We walk into Divers Direct, and here's just exactly what she's looking for. You know, like a 16-ounce uh, ac- acrylic travel mug with a lid that says Florida on it. Okay. Like,
1: who'd right. Know, right? Well, go figure. I, I mean, you would think I'd be one of the top sellers in any kind of, uh, you know, souvenir shop there in Key West. You think You'd think. You weren't you weren't looking that hard but past but if, the uh, yeah. you know, uh hey uh, I'm I'm on spring break and naked t shirt <laughs> shops. Yeah, up,
2: snarky t right. shirts and uh and you know anything rum related uh seem to be kind of uh, the, the key sellers.
1: But. Right. Uh huh. Time flies when you're having rum. That, those type of shirts, and yes, exactly. A few more colorful ones, but yeah, Papa Pilar. You know, just a little tip to anyone listening right now: if you go down there and and visit the rum distillery tour, it's right there off of Duval Street. Easy to find. It's a really cool little uh, thing to do, uh, and uh, you know they actually have some special concoctions of the Papa Pilar rum that you can't can't get anywhere else because it's typically bottled like in Lakeland, Florida. Yeah, you know, by you know, mass a mass bottler type thing. But the you know, it started in Key West. That's where they and they, they have like a little uh mini uh, distillery right there on on uh on the property, and so they do these little small batch special edition things that you can only get at the distillery there in Key West. So it's a cool little souvenir. Might cost you an extra buck or two, but heck, after a free sample or two, you're like, ah, money I got I got plenty of money.
2: Hundred dollar hamburgers yep. or hundred dollar bottles of rum. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. Exactly,
1: <laughs> their the, their whole selling technique works works for them, I think. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain
0: Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying in the aviation lifestyle. off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hi, I'm Michael Goulian, aerobatic champion and air show performer. You might have seen me in the Red Bull Air Race or in air shows around the country. You're listening to Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Now here's my close personal friend, Greg, your
1: co-pilot. All right, that was 20 bucks, right? 25 bucks. It's time to fly. This is just Plane Radio. Greg your co-pilot that is me along with Captain Dennis. Time to fly. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information and just sharing a few stories that may have uh well, very little connection to flying. We get, we got to get this out there because you know, I grew up in Cincinnati and we lost Dr. Johnny Fever this week from WKRP. Was he my role model for radio? Well, you've been listening. I'll- <laughs> I I got to
2: think he was at least an inspiration to you, Greg, because didn't you get your start at the rock radio station in
1: Cincinnati? That is true. And if you want to blame Dr. Johnny Fever, feel free to do so. I'm not so sure he would uh, appreciate such a thing and maybe turn it in his grave as we see (laughs) infer such a thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it it is kind of ironic. That is where I grew up and where I started my radio career was in Cincinnati uh, they're making a lot of news this week. Not just for that, but of course, the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl here in a couple weeks, and uh, that's that's big news for my hometown. You know, so uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, we we miss Dr. Johnny Fever and uh, miss kind of WKRP. I love that show. It, it hit a little closer home to <laughs> for me. Those characters on that show were a little bit more real than people realize. I think. <laughs> Were n't even radio.
2: modeled after some of the people you worked with or oh, anything absolutely. like that.
1: I've met uh, pretty much every single character on that TV show in my radio career, and you know which one do I identify with most? Lonnie uh, Anderson. Okay, thanks a lot, Dennis. Damn <laughs> me, Dennis. <laughs> ah, come on, it was too easy. Yeah. Now it, it's uh it, it's hard to say, but I, I definitely met my, you know, I, I've met my Herb Tarlaks and. <laughs> You know, Doctor Johnny Fevers and Venus Fly Traps. Over the years, I've worked with them all, and uh, it w- it was pretty good. As outrageous as that show was, uh, it, w- it was actually more real to me than probably most of the general public. But uh,
2: you know, there you go. And, and the uh, whole turkey thing, you know, we will always remember that, right?
1: Yeah, all the yeah Thanksgiving turkey drop. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. But anyway, I, I you know a little tip of the I don't know, microphone to Dr. Johnny Favor. And uh we'll leave it at that for now. Okay, so as I said, Cincinnati really rocking this week. I mean, or well, not nah, maybe not as much because of that. But uh but the Super Bowl, big big. That that is huge. Actually, uh, the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, I lived in Cincinnati. <laughs> And that's been many, many years ago. I think it was like 88 was the last time they were in a Super Bowl. And I remember it vividly. They got their asses beat uh, by the San Francisco 49ers, if I if I am mistaken. I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And uh, that was a big thing for the city. So they're back in it this year. It's going to be fun. You know, if you're planning to fly around California, uh, God help you. You know, because, you know, they're going to have that TFR over the Super Bowl like they always do. And uh, it's probably going to be a little bit more challenging to fly around the area than it typically is, which I would imagine it's not easy flying around that airspace. You think, Dennis?
2: Uh, No, it's quite challenging. I mean, if you saw, we were looking at four flight when we were going uh, to San Bernardino and Flabob and some of those other fields there. And Mm -hmm. there's cutouts and notches and all sorts of things to make uh, accommodations for all the various airports and airlines and things coming through there. So yeah, I don't now throw a 30 mile TFR on top of it, but that's not even the biggest problem. You know, you've got a lot of celebrities and well-moneyed people that are going to be flying in in their private jets and whatnot into uh, the LA area and they got to park those somewhere. So You have to make plans now. You're going to need to get slots and arrangements. So there is a very extensive uh, NOTAM out there on the policies and procedures and where you can park. I mean, San Bernardino may be one of your better choices to to park just because, you you know, trying to get into some of the fields closer in LAX is definitely not going to have parking for business jets, at least Mm -hmm. not a lot of them. Um, and all the other fields, it's going to be tough. So,
1: chances are yeah, the flight now. into San Bernardino, if that was the route you're going to take, that flight will probably be shorter than the drive from the airport to the stadium, <laughs> knowing how traffic I is out there. Don't doubt it. It's nuts. You know, a uh, uh, interesting little tidbit there. Uh, you know, the LA Rams, the Bengals are going to be playing, right? So, the home team is, of course, the Bengals. <laughs> Did you know that, Dennis? which
2: makes zero sense cuz exactly. it's in Sophie Stadium. Right. Yes. It's,
1: it, but it just it's one of those freaky things with the NFL. Uh the Bengals evidently are going to be listed the home team even though they're kind of on the home turf of the Rams. So, anyway, uh something to consider. And I, I mean honestly, that that would be a cool thing to do. What would be better than flying into LA for a Super Bowl game? I can't think of anything more. I don't know. Fun than
2: flying into be. L.A. to go to aircraft spruce was pretty cool. Well,
1: that was, but I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, going to a Super Bowl game? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That would be uh, something to mark off the list, wouldn't it? I guess that'd be like I'm, not, I'm into, not a
2: huge fan, as you know. I'm not a. I, I don't really follow well, I, sports that well. well but,
1: yeah, but it's a Super Bowl. You yeah. know,
2: so I mean, it's, it's kind of like the event more so than this than the game.
1: Right. I think. It's it's like going up to New York for, you know, to watch the ball drop on Times Square or or flying into, you know, AirVenture for the first time, you know, if you've yeah. never done it, you know, that'd be kind of a cool thing. You know, you got that whole you yeah, have all you have that small little uh, issue of getting a ticket, <laughs> but If you are fortunate enough to maybe score one of those Super Bowl tickets.
2: There's one guy, though, that probably wouldn't have wanted to fly into the Super Bowl. And if if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, we lost a a football great in John Madden. Oh, that's
1: right.
2: Yeah. And I always thought it was very interesting. This is a guy that would travel across the country to be in the press box for all of the football games. And he didn't fly.
1: He would never fly an aircraft. Nope. He had a serious phobia about flying or something. I don't. I don't. I never heard exactly what the issue was. Had you? Well,
2: according to the article that I was reading about his history, it it was an aversion to flying due to claustrophobia. So, Ah. what his solution to that was a bus, a converted Mm -hmm. provost, you know, like a greyhound type of a bus. He Mm -hmm. converted it into the Madden Cruiser back before large buses were cool for RVs. This guy had, you know, VHS, VCR in there and TVs and an intercom system. He had the same driver for his entire career. So it was literally a home on wheels before they were a thing. Well, there you Uh,
1: go. Yeah. But, I mean, with all the technology out there now, he could have done like a 757 and, you know, tricked it out just the same way. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, but probably not for the same purchase price. Probably not. Operating costs are significantly lower. It's interesting, though. They said he gets about 1200 miles on a tank of gas in that bus, Mm -hmm. and which means he could do a cross country bus trip, uh, you know, with only having to make one stop. Well, that's about the range I get out of the Mooney, too. So, you know, with the small airplane, obviously, if he went into, you know, a business jet or something like that, he could have been across country in a matter of hours instead. But He'd rather be cooped up in a bus for two days of driving. I don't know. Uh, I think if claustrophobia or not, I think I would have tried to fly.
1: Well, do you think it was just the claustrophobia or maybe it has to be an element of flying there, too? I'm guessing.
2: Well, one of the other things on an interview that I I read about him was that uh, he also thought that it was a real waste of time to fly because you never really got to enjoy the countryside or the city. You flew in, you went to the airport, you did your thing, and you were gone. You didn't get to appreciate the culture the country the people and so i think that was also part of it is that he wanted to see more and do more than just go to the airport
1: well if he's traveling across the country with only one stop he is not seeing a whole lot and getting a better view from your window in your aircraft than you would on a bus if you ask me
2: you don't have to see all the stuff on the side of the road and the snowstorms and Got what have you?
1: Ah, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Regardless, he will be missed, and we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio.
0: Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle what's rattling back there
1: uh well i don't i don't know what this thing is my controls roger that does that tow bar come loose well i don't know is is this is this the tow
0: bar yeah, that's it oh, sorry. Oh, the bag. Oh, sorry sorry no, sorry. no right. i sorry i got it i got it peanut brittle could this day get any better oh, oh God. no Oh my god, those cheekbones, you look like JFK Jr. Oh! He looks like JFK Jr.! I don't know what I'm doing. Well, put it on autopilot! Put it on autopilot! There is no autopilot. This is a lawnmower with wings. So well, You fly remote control planes, do what you do there! I crash them! That's why I
1: buy all the time! Oh. Oh, 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 I was wrong, I don't want to die this way. Oh, that'll settle for a nice boring death at ground level. Well technically we will be dying at ground level! Oh, yes. I got it. I got it! I got it! I got it. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, we're
0: good. All right. Just so you know, I completely kept my cool through that whole thing. To fly, fly to
1: the this is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so, uh, Dennis, we got a few, uh, I don't know, about three little nuggets that our passengers may be able to uh, chew on until next week. First one involves what exactly?
2: Well, it's a possible mitigation to the pilot shortage problem. You know, up until 2007, airline pilots were forced to retire at age 60, even though they were more than competent and capable of flying, as we've proven. Mm -hmm. Uh, The retirement age was raised by Congress to 65. Right. But now there's an effort in place from the airlines, and it's being backed by some pretty notable pilots as well, that we should raise the limit to maybe even 67. Uh, 67
1: you know? is the new 50 or something. Right.
2: <laughs> I think I could agree with that. I mean, okay. they raised that that's the age that I can find retire with social security at full privileges. Well, wouldn't that make sense to make that match too?
1: Sure. But
2: that would work but for The, uh, the co-pilot uh, from the miracle on the Hudson flight, Jeff Skiles is one of the people that has been uh, leading this, this channel, uh, this drive to raise that retirement age. I mean, you think about it. Commercial airline pilots are being checked, you know, by their uh, their doctor every six months. So there's a track record there. They'll only be able to see if there's any sort of decline in performance or, or capability or anything like that long before it becomes an issue.
1: So Sully's co-pilot is the one who's been pushing this with the FAA. Yeah. Well, he's
2: one of the voices that's been, you know, speaking to the FAA, speaking to Congress. Uh, about uh, the possibility of uh, extending the careers of airline pilots. So, is
1: he an older guy, older than Sully? or do we
2: uh, I think he's a little bit younger.
1: He's a little bit younger, but he wants uh, maybe a few extra years in the cockpit. So, like, hey, I can still do, who do that. Doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and like you said, there's not enough pilots as it is. So, uh, giving given them the option to stay on a little bit longer, if they so choose, probably is is good all the way around.
2: Well and it's always been an arbitrary number it was never there was never any scientific proof behind us any one particular age being more likely to have a medical problem more likely to have incapacitation or anything like that it was always just it was age sixty until it wasn't now it's sixty five so is there really any reason to not consider sixty seven considering that we have you know the six month uh, medical requirements for first class medicals and things like that
1: mm-hmm and plus, think, you know, they didn't have that testosterone booster product there a uh, few years. Or ago. Or the little blue pill, or
0: whatever <laughs> oh, oh, <hey>. else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep you. That'll keep you up in the air. Where, exactly <laughs> where I was going with right, that. Good. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think it sounds like a viable thing. I mean, will it will it screw over pilots that though that want to retire and uh, still have a few years left to go play, uh, do things, other things that they want to do? You think or because if they, so. well, if they do that, then they they may, if they raise the retirement age, then the pilots have to stay on a little bit longer than maybe they want to as well, I guess.
2: It might have to do more with their union contracts and where they're at in their tenure and whatnot. And right. the airlines may still offer them an out uh, because as you get higher and higher on that seniority list, you also become more expensive for the airlines. Exactly.
1: So. They'll figure it out. Okay. Well, we'll see where that uh, progresses. Uh, story number two. Uh, involves carbon monoxide detectors. Is that right?
2: That's right. The NTSB, uh, they are the ones that put out kind of a, a hit list of things that they want to uh, target with for safety. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, it was like loss of control. We, we're getting better with that. We're getting low-cost autopilots in the airplanes and things like that to help with, with those sorts of issues. Well, now their their newest mission is to, they're trying to push the FAA to require carbon monoxide detectors in general aviation aircraft. Uh, As you know, we had an interview a number of years ago with a pilot of a Mooney who became incapacitated uh, due to carbon monoxide uh, as he was flying from uh, Northern Minnesota to his home in Southern Minnesota. Mm -hmm. He passed out and the airplane went and flew and crash landed in a field. And he woke up an hour and a half later and, uh, realized that there was no window and really not much of the airplane left around him he was able to walk away from it but he was the anomaly uh there's they said that there's been over 23 fatal incidents um 31 total carbon monoxide accidents that they've identified since 1982 and that's that's still a troubling number for them i mean 23 it seems kind of low but still one is probably too many yeah and it's something that could be prevented so you know, we may see this like an ADSB mandate where you're going to be required to get something like a guardian see you know, something that's going to be panel mounted and has either, you know, a light or an alarm or something to let you know that, you know, something's not right in the cockpit. and You need to go talk to your mechanic and check the, the exhaust and things like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not really a big fan of mandated h- installations. But on, in this case, it's not going to be terribly expensive, and there's a definite safety benefit. So,
1: Well, I, I understand that, too, but I do kind of wonder if, if you just put the news out there more and educate, do you really have to legislate a mandate? I kind of wonder if it might be better just to, hey, be aware of this and maybe encourage... Yeah, you know, the manufacturers like, hey, you need to put these things in your aircraft as part of standard equipment. These but
2: they know, do now. now. Right. Uh, a lot of the G one thousand based airplanes have a carbon monoxide sensor that's actually built in and it displays right on the main page. So mm-hmm. this is just a matter of retrofitting a lot of the uh, legacy fleet. It can be done, uh, you know, fairly inexpensively too. For under a hundred dollars, you can get a quality uh, portable di- uh, instrument that will detect, you know, hundreds or hundreds of parts per million versus, you know, getting some I've seen people flying around with a home smoke detector that will never go off. So, you know, it's not terribly expensive to get a good instrument that will detect very small amounts of carbon monoxide and give you plenty of heads up that you might have something to look into.
1: Yeah. Well, wh- I mean, why wouldn't one of those units you pick up at Home Depot that work in the cockpit in a pinch, wouldn't it?
2: Not really because they're designed to prevent false alarms in a home, so they've got to have a threshold where the level has to be elevated high enough for a long enough period of time. Um, so picking up something like a sensor con, um, little portable CO detector, um, works really well. Uh, four flights, um, ADSB in solution includes a carbon monoxide sensor. So if you get a Sentry ADSB unit, you'd be getting a carbon monoxide sensor as well. And that actually alerts in four flights. So there, there's definitely easy options and lots of ways to meet that requirement, at least partially. You'd at least have some information of what's going on. Because a lot of people have no idea. They get in their airplane and fly and don't have any idea that they maybe have 20, 30 parts per million to CO.
1: Right. Well, get it before it might be mandated. Maybe that's the thing we come away with for that story. Uh, the third one and final for today's cruise through the latest virtual aviation news and information involves, what, it was it Nantucket? No, East Hampton, Long Island. Oh, okay, I just wanted to rhyme something with that. No, it's okay. So, East the Hamptons are back in the news from an aviation standpoint. Why?
2: Well, because the East Hampton Airport is about to close at the end of February, and it'll reopen four days later as a new publicly owned but private use facility. So they're doing this as a way to get the charter yeah. flights and the helicopter flights and get rid of the um, riffraff. Yeah, I don't Uh want that in my backyard, but I want to be able to fly to my airport. So they're turning a public airport into private use uh, because they don't like the noise of the airplanes.
1: Hmm. Only their airplanes or the more expensive airplanes and typical power grab from the rich and powerful. I think that's pretty fair. Pretty uh, fair assumption of uh, that story. All right. That'll do it for this week till next time. Remember, there is no better high than learning to fly.